This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios, Pittsburgh, PA. And uh, this is where we talk with people in and around independent professional wrestling. And uh, we got another a great one here. And we've been doing a lot of talking with people uh, with Fight Underground. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're new to independent wrestling and don't know their storied history. Because uh, they got a lot of stories and they got a lot of history. And let's dig into that. Because I, I think you got to know that history. You know, as much as, you know, if you're you're watching your WWE networks, I think if there was like a, a, a collective, you know, I, we try. But if there was a collective Pittsburgh wrestling network that we could go all the way back to the 90s. But all that footage is lost in somebody's basement somewhere, probably. Uh, if that. Uh, that keeps servicing. But today, we're going to dig into a little bit of that history. Please go check out everything, of course, at WrestlingMayhemShow.com and IndieWrestling.us. WrestlingMayhemShow.com, where you'll find this and other great uh, wrestling podcasts throughout the week that we do and some other interesting productions. And over at IndieWrestling.us, where you can, of course, see a lot of people we talk with on the show uh, in action over there, uh, through uh, whether it be through VODs, DVDs, uh, the Indie Wrestling Network. And, uh, of course, our YouTube channel has a lot of content that's coming out there new and old uh, a little nice mix and then thank you everybody that's, that's recently put that over ten thousand subscribers as well please hop on that too we just scheduled out stuff for the next couple of weeks including this show coming out here uh very very soon but let's get into it with me uh tonight uh, uh, uh i first i first encountered this individual when they resurrected the high stakes championship at uh, the International Wrestling Cartel, and of course got to work with him a little more closely over the last several months with the Fight Underground Project. He is a member of the Honorable, I think I'm contractually obligated to say, Honorable Fight Council. He is Boomer Payne joining us right now. Uh, down in uh, North Carolina, right? South Carolina. South Boys Carolina. Spring, South Carolina, yes sir. There you go. I know the show, the, some of the shows are happening in North Carolina. I know that we've been talking about yeah. it over the past couple of weeks and everything so um but uh, uh you are from what i understand a pittsburgh original yes sir uh started yes, sir. in 1995 so we like to do a little bit of get to know you question what is your earliest memory of professional wrestling like as a fan or, or however you first uh, uh, uh recall uh i, I vividly remember and and Chris Hamrick will hate that. I'll pick that name up later. Uh, <laughs> using the word vividly, uh, my very first interaction with professional wrestling was watching Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson lose the tag team championship to Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis, and I was hooked. I was so upset. I was so mad. I think I even cried. Uh, so that was my first experience, and and that's I was hooked, hook, line, and sinker. Got me in. What was it about that 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 really kind of uh, grasped you? Uh, just the the storytelling, and because mm-hmm. I, I had not been aware of professional wrestling, you know, I was I was a young tyke back then, and uh, yeah, getting to see, I guess I got wrapped up because I knew that I was supposed to like Rocky Johnson, and I was mm-hmm. supposed to like Tony Atlas, and yeah. and Murdoch and Adonis screwed him over, and I was mad, <laughs> you know, and that's. 
and it hooked. I mean, that's it. It did what it was supposed to do. It hooked a new fan. Yeah, absolutely. So, so judging from that, like you know, how did you roll from from being a fan to you know discovering that you could be a wrestler and and uh, and, and discovering uh, training? Oh, good God. Um, let's see. So, uh, the NWA would come to the Civic Arena mm-hmm. on a bi-monthly basis. They would kind of alternate with. Well, I begged and pleaded with my mother, take me, take me to the arena, take me to the arena. And we started, uh, I believe, 84, 85, maybe, uh, up in the C-section. And then we gradually worked our way down to the floor. Nice. And then it was, I had to have right by the railing where they came out so I could slap hands. Mm-hmm. And, and watching uh, watching those events, uh, the led into okay so now we're at the events we see the events and then we discover where they went afterwards mm-hmm. uh holiday inn out by the airport and then the marriott's so i would start hanging around after the shows we would drive out and hang out i'd be trying to get pictures and autographs and that was uh that was my passion uh, i would much rather do that than than your typical youngster mm-hmm. I wasn't into the GI Joes and or, or the comic books or any of that. It was all wrestling. So, and then actually, when I I, I had witnessed Tully Blanchard, uh, they had a, at the Holiday Inn. They had the bar downstairs, and I would hang out. You know, obviously not go into the bar, but I'd hang out and talk to the bouncers because they knew I was I was a young kid just wanting to get autographs and mm-hmm. pictures. And mm-hmm. Out comes Tully Blanchard, and I'm, I've got my Four Horsemen sweatshirt on, and I hold the elevator for him, and he gets in and he doesn't acknowledge me until he turns around and he flashes the four horsemen sign. And I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. Uh, he's a rock star. And, and that's, that's what I wanted to do. So, uh, <clears throat> all through high school, uh, you kind of fell in and out, you know, when you're in high school, it's kind of a, a transition period. You're, you're more interested in parties and girls and sports playing and, and, uh, so, I mean, I still followed it, but not not as religiously. And uh, found out uh, after graduating high school, I was in college, and found out about a school. And I had no idea what independent wrestling was. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say that. Uh, but the only wrestling that I knew was that that I read in the magazines. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought when I signed up for the school that I was training for one of those promotions. Uh, and it wasn't until my training was complete that I found out I was not training for one of those promotions. <laughs> so, so, so this was a, a you debuted from what I can tell in, in 1995, correct? So uh, October October 11th, 1995. So, so like, like let's kind of talk about what that landscape looked like. This was a uh, NWA had kind of um, uh, turned into WCW was not as regional. The territories were mostly done. So, so. Uh, indies at that point probably weren't on the forefront, right? Of of correct, you know, awareness for for a wrestling fan. Okay, I don't think I learned about them until ECW started becoming popular. Um yes. personally, uh, around those times, growing up myself. So so, what 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 was the school like? Was the school attached to an indie promotion, or was this like an absolutely independent kind of thing? No, it was it was attached to United States Championship Wrestling. Okay. The- uh, the world famous Sal Conti, 
Oh, okay. I've heard the uh, name. Yes. Yes. Uh, the world famous Sal Conti. Uh, there was actually five of us that started the training. Uh, and and all, in all honesty, you know, we went to the training and are coming up to our first match. We that's all we did for our training was rehearse that match over and over and until we knew it frontwards, backwards, upwards, down, mm-hmm. sideways, all around. Uh, that's what we did. Um, and our first event took place at the Woody Williams Armory in Fairmont, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, and I don't even think that that armory is there anymore. I think they, they have demolished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, October 11th, 1995. Mm-hmm. I walked out uh, out uh, from from ringside after I was done, and I said I, I could die because I, I fulfilled my dream. I actually had a professional wrestling match, and it was a good crowd, probably four four hundred fifty people. Uh, some some announcing they had Virgil on there. Uh, Nikolai Volkov was there. Uh, the late Scotty McKeever, you know, mm-hmm. which I would have a lot more run-ins with him later on. Uh, so it was it was a really good, uh, really good show, uh, fan-wise, and it, it was a eye-opening experience for me. That's when I I knew that I had made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Get the uh, vibe, got everything. Yes. Were you really surprised by? Because I, I keep hearing these uh, uh, stories as I'm reading like wrestler books and everything. Um, like, you know, obviously kayfabe was in a different kind of state in the early nineties or at least in a transformation, I think of, of what fans understood and everything like, um, was it a surprise when you, what was, what was the most surprising when you got into training there in the, in the mid nineties? Uh, I, I would like to say that my training actually smart, smartened me up, but it didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I don't think that it was purpose, uh, purposely done. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that I received very good training. Okay. Uh, so I had to learn a lot of things on the fly, a lot of the lingo. I wasn't taught any of the lingo. I, I didn't know what going over meant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what you know going under or so uh, a lot of that on the fly. Um, it was surprising to me to see. Uh, and even to this day, I'm still kind of amazed at just sitting back in the locker room and watching people put their, their match together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had no growing up, you know, as I got older, hey, yeah, this is this is a work, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm not dumb, but I didn't know how the magic trick was performed. Yeah. So getting to see how the magic trick was performed was was the biggest shock for me i guess so you get into into uh, uh wrestling uh tell me a little bit about the early years uh getting into the kind of the pittsburgh area with things uh what was that vibe like then and how'd you kind of grow uh uh from a, a young boomer if you will <laughs> and in shape i was more in shape man. there you uh, go a little less boom than now is what you're saying yes, okay absolutely. okay a lot less um, <laughs> so as a, as spent... a young as a young little boomer yeah uh, <laughs> This will surprise you. When I graduated high school, mm-hmm. I weighed 124 pounds, 124 and three quarter pounds. Okay. Graduating high school, and that was the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. So I, I felt like I was getting fat. Yeah. Lord, did I know. Just a few years later. 
what fat really was. Uh, no, I spent I spent uh, almost a full year at USCW doing spot shows. Um, and actually, the guy that I started team with, Billy Comer, uh, was ended up going to uh, North for sales to get extra training. So we would have a lot of private sessions of him getting the right training mm-hmm. and then training me the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like I said, we lasted about a year USCW and it just, it, it was time an opportunity arose to, to go to North for sales. And, and I took it, uh, changed the, the gimmick and, and came in and, I came in at a time where a group had left, so it was, they were kind of in a little bit of a disarray, so mm-hmm. it was just perfect timing, and uh, spent, uh, spent what, four years there, mm-hmm. so, and, and that's where you, I met Mad Mike, and Bone Crusher, and Quinn, and Brandon, and Paul Atlas and Brian Anthony and you know and to this day I remember my tryout match for them. Paul was at ringside, and I I had never worked baby, and they made me work baby face, and that <laughs> it, oh it was awkward. I, I mean I'm throwing like 1975 Memphis baby face over exaggerated punch because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Uh, and this is and, this uh, is like three or four years in the business. No, I no? am I am literally a. A little over a year. Oh, this is the Ford you first got in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this is my tryout. So and my math's wrong. I remember that I, I at one point after the match I had told Paul, I said, Yeah, I was thinking about going, you know, mm-hmm. maybe getting my hands on you and he's like, Good for you that you didn't. God I would have laid you out. And ever since then, I mean I I, I remember that from Paul. Because yeah. that's just that's how who Paul is. Yeah. You know. Um but I, I just learning with those guys and, and going back now. And I mean, you were talking about having a basement full of, of videos. I don't have a basement <laughs> here in South Carolina in the palace, but boy, do I have an office full of videos. Uh, and, and to go back and just watch the magic that we had, we were all green and we were all, but we grew together. And that's what made that group so special. Awesome. Um, Growing and watching Quinn's first couple matches, oh, I, I I'll send him a little clip every once in a while, and just <laughs> rib him a little bit. But uh, we were we were not very good individually, mm-hmm. but when we got together, it worked. Mm-hmm. It was like a band of misfits. It really was. So, uh, and then that that transpired. Like I said, I spent four years there, and then I I had made the jump to go to IWC mm-hmm. when they first started. And I, I got the first year in there. And by the time that I was got my first year in, it was time for me to relocate. So yep. uh, I I've got to spend seven years in Pittsburgh, and it was literally probably the best seven years of my career. So you mentioned IWC, of course. Um, one big part of that, um, like I said, I mentioned at the top of the show, I witnessed the kind of resurgence of this uh, high-stakes championship uh, uh, here locally in the area. Uh, so, so this was something that was developed, uh, what early nineties, uh, kind of area era, correct? Uh, 2001. Very early 2000s. There we go. 
Uh, but tell me a little bit about that. That was kind of more the, uh, as we're seeing today, kind of the, the fun title, I guess, if you will. Well, when it was first created, it wasn't the fun title. It was the secondary title. You okay. had the heavyweight, and then you had the high stakes. Oh, so it was more it is the pre-Super Indie. This is like more your IC right. Championship, Cruiserweight Championship kind of idea. Okay. And, and this was this is your secondary champion is getting ready to get pushed yeah. towards the heavyweight champion. You know, uh, And the way that I won that was a rib. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it was my last night in IWC, mm-hmm. March uh, March second, two thousand and two, and I'm working. Uh, I'm wrestling Shirley Doe, and it's for the title. And you know, he calls this big, long, elaborate finish, and I'm supposed to go up, hit the moonsault, which I had never done. I always have a move, and uh, he goes, "I'll kick out," and then as we're selling up, I'll cut you off, Shining Wizard, and one, two, three. Well, I go up, I hit the moonsault, and I cover him, and he doesn't kick, and I'm oblivious. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I was, I was, uh, I was ready to, to to throw down with the ref because I was like, "What in the world? You just screwed up everything, you know?" And I look down, and Doe's like, "Ha ha, I got you." And uh, I hold that against Jimmy Vegas because he was in on it. He didn't let me know. <laughs> of course. So, uh, you know, Jimmy Vegas, that's my ride or die. A little, little known fact, J- Jimmy Vegas and I went to elementary school together. Fourth grade, backyard wrestling before it was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and uh, but no, the, the high stakes thing. And so Doe puts me over and I'm shocked. I think that I've just ruined it. I've just ruined the show mm-hmm. and, uh, and then all the guys come out of the locker room and they cut promo and, and, you know, finally sunk in. Oh, Hey, yeah. So I, I was getting ready to leave and I'm thinking, okay, well, they're going to bring me back in and drop the title, you know, and they just forgot about it and never booked me again. Wait, 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 wait. So that you, they, they dropped you the title and then yes. it just like, that was like, it just disappeared. I now it, it to be fair, I defended it here in South Carolina a lot. <laughs> so I was an active fighting champion. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. I, I, I haven't seen that on the, on, on, on that company's, uh, 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 you know, results, but. <laughs> right. And, and their results are a little shady because they don't match what I have video wise. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. But no, uh, I remember Vegas called me up and Vegas said, uh, hey, they're, they're doing this thing with the uh, high stakes. And mm-hmm. and I, I said, man, I would I, I want to be there. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't I don't need to do I don't want to work on the show. Just I just want to be there. Yeah. And he goes, well, how about being a referee? I said, I'll do whatever, you know. Uh, so uh, watching him win the title that night was was kind of a and anyway he was a little emotional because as soon as he won he came over and gave me a big hug and uh it was kind of i, I don't want to say passing the torch because you know we're we're same age he, mm-hmm. he's not a young kid he's not a youngster but i think it meant a lot to him which meant more to me mm-hmm. than it meant a lot to him so uh yeah vegas and bulk 
it was it was a scramble match, was it not? It was Yeah, I think it was like two scramble guys. matches that led to another scramble match in the end. Right. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big night for me. It, mm-hmm. it was I, I, when Plummer introduced me at the beginning of the show and and uh he was doing his promo and and I kind of whispered over to him. I said, "Man, this sellout. Just think if you would have booked me a couple years ago." <laughs> You know, you could thank me for the house. I, but, of course, you know, Jerry Lawler was on that card. I'll pick that name up later. Ah, who did um, you ever beat? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. But, you know, I was just kind of ribbing Plummer a little bit. Like, look, if you would have put me on the poster, it might have been, you know, might be selling out more shows. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, it, it, I, I had a whirlwind of fun in IWC when it first started. And it was not very good. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't. They were, they were just trying to find their way. Yeah. And uh, started in the Emerald Room in McKee's Rocks. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to that venue. I have not. Uh, yeah, started there and then uh, moved to the sports complex in Monroeville where they had a, a lot of big shows. Um, and a couple little spot shows here and there, but uh, the Butler County Fair and but they were just trying to get their traction and yeah, it, yeah. it really, you know, uh, to see what they have become, you know, such a mega power in, in the Pittsburgh area mm-hmm. and rightfully so, because they've been around uh, a long time. Absolutely. So let's talk about, so you, you, you left IWC, uh, you've been, you know, of course involved I hear that. Tell me a little bit about those years in between there. Like where did you end up, uh, and, and even landing down there in Carolina? So, so uh, my last official match in Pittsburgh was March 9th, 2002 mm-hmm. in CWF. Um, I go in as the heavyweight champion. Uh, and pa- Powerhouse Hughes I, promotion, correct? Powerhouse Hughes, yeah. yes. Uh, and I, I, was, I was pissy because I said, everybody knows I'm leaving. It hasn't been a secret. You yeah. know, the internet yeah. was rampant with message boards and everything it wasn't a secret that i was leaving i said why are we going to give them the finish yeah i said let's swerve them you know let me get dq'd and kind of throw up a a question mark oh man what are they gonna do with the title now um and then we'll beg for five more minutes and i'll put you over i don't it's not about losing it's about making sense and i I don't want to go in there with the fans already knowing the outcome yeah and i lost that battle (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, but that was an emotional night because mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of guys there in the crowd that weren't even a part of the show that just came to to kind of show respect and and we had a one giant photo of everybody in the ring and uh, so uh, and I was done at that point. I was relocating, starting my life over, and I didn't want to start at the bottom uh. Because I had worked so hard, I started from the bottom and I kind of worked my way to to the top, and then I just didn't want to start over again. And that lasted about a month. As soon as I got <laughs> here, I was just like, "Oh, there's this weekly show here. Let me go check it out." And I went, and I honestly, I was like, "Well, if I start at the bottom, I'm not going to be there very long because it was not very good." <laughs> and uh, it it was a tough transition because I I had kind of made a name for myself of being a, a I don't want to say hardcore like everyone labels themselves hardcore and that's like pie pans and chairs and and that's not hardcore to me hardcore to me was taking risky bumps and and dangerous bumps mm-hmm. 
uh, stuff that not anybody can anybody can pick up a pot pan and hit themselves in the head with it. That doesn't make you hardcore. So uh, coming down here and seeing the Southern style was uh, it was a culture shock. So so, no... so so you but you grew up on NWA, which is is kind of a, 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 a you know I take as kind of a Southern style, right? Is, yeah. is oh, this, yes. It was this like yeah. the Southern uh indie promotion style that was that was the kind of departure for like being in that environment here in the pittsburgh and then going down there what, like what, what were the differences that you were you know, oh seeing? oh good god i i remember the first the first uh show that i worked i walked in and i went up to the promoter and he writes my name down and i'm like what are you doing and he goes well i'm seeing who's here so i can put a car together and i'm like this isn't already done because we had never we were always booked two weeks out in advance and you knew who you were wrestling and you knew what the, you know, so that you could prepare and go over spots. And, but so it was a, it was a culture shock as he was putting the card together as guys were coming in. Uh, like no thought to it whatsoever. Oh, baby face heel, bam, I'll mm-hmm. put them together. Um, and, and the, the one thing that really screwed me up the most was, I said, okay, I'm finally going to get uh, a big false finish over here. This crowd will eat it up because they don't, you know, that's that's the Southern style, big false finish. And it took me eight months to get them to bite on a false finish. <laughs> it really did. And when they finally did, I was like, oh, finally. Um, but uh, they're a little bit slower here. Mm-hmm. Um, they they still think that this stuff, there's still a few people who think this is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which we are fortunate to have that kind of crowd. And that still happens, right? Like, I, I, I've i been at wrestling shows in the past few years in, like, Tennessee. I went to a couple um, when I was traveling. And it is, like, the fans are more into it. it, it you're, it, it's a different type of style. Um, the intermissions are done differently. I don't know if this happens in your area, too, where there's, like, two intermissions, two, like, two matches, intermission, two matches, main event. Uh, you know, intermission main event like uh, and Jerry Lawler, of course, has to be on, uh, you know, get out there early. But <laughs> <laughs> Who do you ever be? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> the local, uh, no, the local I, jobber I, that night for for sure. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one intermission and, mm-hmm. it, and it's only to give the guys a chance to go out there and sell some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, but the, the you can honestly, they pop for hip tosses and arm drags and drop oh. kicks. The basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to kill yourself. And it took a long time for me to kind of adjust to that because so, I still wanted to try to kill myself to impress them. And I didn't yeah, have to yeah. do that. So you just kind of ramped it down. And, and like, do you do you still get up to that when you get up to, like, you know, maybe a feud ender or something like that? Sure. And, uh, um, uh, a good friend of mine here, Bob Keller, who worked a lot in the Pittsburgh area for Chris Lash and and worked with Bubba Brewer and uh, he is in out of Columbia and uh, he said there's there's a difference there's there's South Carolina Boomer and then there's Pittsburgh and you can tell <laughs> you know if if someone from Pittsburgh comes down I'll ramp it up a little bit I'll mm-hmm. you know because I, I feel like I, I'm letting them down if I don't mm-hmm. and but no I, it's more of it's more of psychology and storytelling and you know, the more you champ boring at me, the more I'm I'm enthralled. I'll I'll hold a headlock for ten minutes. I don't care. 
so I'm really interested in that because, of course, you know, recently, of course, with Fight Underground, um, there was, you know, some of our talent from up here that came down there. Uh, so so I wonder, and they were, uh, well, one was a very, very new. Uh, another has been in the business a couple of years. Like, do you see that with the more uh, 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 traveling performers? You know, if I, you know, I'm thinking like you know, guys like Ali Morarty that's getting out there a bit. Like, if they come to the Southern style like that, do you see them having issues readjusting that have been out a little bit more? Absolutely. I talked mm-hmm. to both of them and, and after that match and they both say, Oh, we got to slow down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, slow down, make uh, the whole point is I can do a hundred moves. Mm-hmm. Right. But the fans aren't going to remember the last one I did. Yeah. So I just wasted 99 movements, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, slow it down and, and, uh, tell the story. I, here's the thing that just, I know I, I don't want to be negative, but for over a century, the story has been good versus evil. Yes. Don't try to gray that. It's worked for over a century. Don't change that. People still want to see good versus evil. On the typical wrestling show, yes. Correct? Like on the Correct. typical everyday, especially Southern wrestling, Pittsburgh wrestling, like that is that should be the formula. It, it it's worked. Why mm-hmm. change it? Mm-hmm. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, an analogy that I use, and I, I told you I know nothing about comic books, but uh, the comic book fan and the wrestling fan are pretty much one and the same, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, if they came out with a new Batman movie, and the Joker is the heel and Batman's the baby, and the Joker, um, you know, d- destroys Batman's mansion uh, bruce man or wayne man or whatever it is and and kills alfred and and it, at the end of the movie if they hug people would lose their mind <laughs> they would be like oh my god this is the worst thing i've ever had i can't believe this but mm-hmm. in wrestling it's different they want to see him hug they want to see no that it's you know call me old-fashioned call me grumpy call me old call me out of touch with reality the formula has been for there for over a century, and it mm-hmm. still works today. And and it's any TV show that you watch, any movie that you watch, there's a heel, there's a baby face. Why why are we trying to change it in wrestling? Absolutely. So let's talk about what is happening these days. Of course, you're still uh, giving the advice and and helping out people with the uh, fight underground. You're part of that as part of the uh, the honorable fight council, of course, part of that. Uh, uh, weekly program uh, uh, regularly on, on Fight Underground social media, of course. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you became uh, involved in that project. And of course, we talked with Quinn, Quinn Magnum just a couple of weeks ago about that uh, in, in great detail. Uh, what kind of attracted you to to this project? I, it didn't attract me. I didn't expect to get a call. <laughs> uh, I, Quinn and I had not spoken personally uh since oh nine mm-hmm. uh lost touch um so when it popped up i was kind of kind of uh, paul had popped up and you know i had kind of reconnected with paul through rise mm-hmm. coming up and doing shows for brandon and yeah yeah and uh so i kind of followed and quinn just hit me up one day and said would you be interested i said well what do you need i'll do anything i'm, I'm here to help and so he kind of laid it out to me what it was, what it was all about. What, what oh my God, yeah, let, let's do it. It sounds like a, it, it's such a unique concept. And and working with Quinn and booking with Quinn for for the years that I did, 
Um, I know he's very passionate. He's very uh, detail oriented. Um, so and but getting inside his head because he has visions uh, and trying to follow those visions can be a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, he it was laid out. I said, hey, I'm on board, whatever you need. So he kind of laid it out to me and I, I was actually kind of shocked that it got the call. But I'm glad I did because it, it keeps me kind of relevant. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I don't have to bump. That's the good thing. You, you, yeah, you don't have to bump, and you get to you, you basically cut a promo every week at this point, right? <laughs> right, and and promos have never been my strong suit. No, no, no one's ever looked at me and said, "Oh my God, he's a he's a lyrical assassin." No, and by, uh, I can hit my marks, but that's it. And by promos, I mean you're you're on a call with with uh, the other council members, the other old. Uh, I don't want to use the term disparagingly old timers, but but. Right, that's what they'll right. love uh sure. but uh which turns into like kind of a, a a weekly reunion for you guys it seems with the vibe that comes off of that i i did after the first one we did i i you know i'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit but we kind of hang around the group after we go off the air yeah and, yeah sometimes i gotta I dip out because you guys will go forever <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> there, there's been times where it was it's been you know an hour and a half later and we're still jabbering oh yeah uh, but uh, look that's what we do it for is the memories. That's the one thing they can't take away. The money that we, the little money that we've made has mm-hmm. been spent. It's gone. Right. And the aches and pains are still there, but those memories, that's one thing that they can't take away from us. And that's why we do it. Uh, and to reconnect with those guys, Paul and uh, Nash Bennett and RPW and, yeah. and Dylan yeah. and JB and Brandon. And although I had kind of reconnected with Brandon before this, but the, it's good and and to talk about i i have noticed though i asked them questions like hey you remember this match and not a clue i don't know what you're talking about uh so their memories aren't as good as mine and i got hit in the head a lot so, uh, <laughs> but that, that's that's a lot of the video i do i go back and watch it it's it's you know my wife calls me the al bundy because mm-hmm. i'm living in in my high school glory days i'm living in my indie wrestling days but you know hey is there anything wrong with that, though? No, and, and making making a uh, impact on it. You also have another venture. Actually, I think a couple of ventures technically you have going on over there. Uh, you have a, a little bit of a network and a t-shirt shop you got going on over there. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and where that came from. Okay, so when we started uh, uh, 2013, uh, I had had uh, another knee surgery. And... Uh, I was kind of on the fence about coming back or not. Uh, my buddy Bryce and my buddy Mike Madden, they come up to a show, just come up and hang out. And I said, no, I really don't. I just, I don't feel it. And it, come on, just hang out. Be one of the boys. We swear to you, we're not going to try to talk you to get back in. We won't even discuss it. Five minutes after me being there, Hey, you know, we could, we could start tagging and I could get, then it it was over from then. So we started, uh, I started tagging with Bryce and we called ourselves the, uh, the sons of steel and it took us a while to get our chemistry down. He's two totally different styles, two totally different backgrounds. You know, he was trained by, uh, Jimmy Valiant, the boogie woogie man. Oh Um, yes. (laughs) But he is, he is, uh, he's a, the run of his family, but he's six, four jeez so um and and athletic mm-hmm. uh and I, I love ribbing him because when we decided to go to trunks 
it, you know, and he he just did it. You know, he forced himself to go out there just trunks, and I I'd pull the referee over. Like, Look how fat my partner looks in, <laughs> in those trunks. But uh, so we it took us a couple years, and we got our our feet underneath of us, and then we decided, hey, let's start preparing for the future. Let's let's start our own promotion and kind of transition from because we can't work forever. Uh, kind of get this ball rolling. And uh, so we started Battlezone Wrestling in January 1st, 2015. Uh, and it's been going ever since. Uh, and then it was it was probably 2017. He said, hey, what do you think about making our own T-shirts? Like, uh, and I'm like, okay. And he he's the type that he wants to research everything. Um, and he goes, I've been doing research on it. I said, okay. Uh, me, I'm like... You want to do T-shirts? Fine, let's go. What do, what do we need? How much money? Let's go. Um, but we researched it. And we we figured out. Okay, look, uh, the one thing that we didn't have as as younger guys growing up was a, a connection to where we could get cheap T-shirts and actually make money off of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to kind of provide for these young guys coming through a place that they could have merchandise. And that's why we developed the website. Uh, and guys are, are making money and not doing a thing. They're falling asleep at night. They're waking up in the morning and they got a message from me. Hey, man, you made a couple bucks. Well, they're not going to be able to retire. But all they did was go to sleep that night. And they're making a couple bucks. Um, so we started that venture in 2017. And then I, as I mentioned to you, I have all this video footage. I filmed everything. Uh, a lot of stuff that probably I wouldn't even air on my network because it's <laughs> it's kind of questionable. But uh, I said, is there a place that I can actually just – I just wanted the, my stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I just wanted a place on the internet that I could store my stuff. And I got to talking to uh, my business partner, Heath Mulliken, a uh, great guy. And he said – Again, he did all the research. He did all the legwork. And he came back and he said, we have a streaming service that we can we can hook up. And that started taking off to where I was like, okay, now let's start let's start uh, filming entire shows. Let's put that up. He does really good commentary uh, for uh, his, his shoot job as a preacher. Um, so he has that kind of aura about him. And uh, – He's really good on the microphone, uh, and he's a big fan of Southern wrestling because uh, he grew up here. He's he's uh, Lance Russell and and the Mid South, so all that stuff kind of transpires. So we've got the uh, the network going, which it it was going really really good until the pandemic hit. And I and I thought, okay, when the pandemic hit, I thought, okay, people were going to need entertainment, mm-hmm. so subscriptions should be going up, and they really haven't. They, I mean, it's it's they got Tiger King kind of put us out of business. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the closest to wrestling that we can all watch? Tiger King. Yeah, that pretty Tiger much that, that pretty much makes sense, right? But but that started that makes you start realizing, okay, is wrestling as strong as everyone mm-hmm. wants? You got to understand, nobody wants to be a part of a business that's failing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that means that they're not, they're part of the failure. Uh, yeah. So everyone thinks that wrestling is is great and it, it is really on life support. And I, I'm, 
I love the business to death. I really do. Well, I think um, even look look how WWE has fared in, in this in this time, like with the you know record low ratings and everything like that. Even they just for putting on wrestling, you know, as right? Well. Yeah, yeah. So now I've gone back during this pandemic, and I have I have edited a lot of the old footage, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the old footage, and I'm getting ready to to start releasing that. You know, the IWC year one, see how Jimmy Vegas started out where he was clean cut. And yeah. no tats. Which is, by the way, stuff that I don't have and the people running IWC don't have. Like you have you have and, this batch of stuff. And I remember it popped up and I didn't know that you were connected to the site. I'm just like, who has this? What yeah. is this? Like, I know it's not the guy that I worked with during that during the the, the early years with IWC with me. Like, you know, that's a treasure trove you got over there. Oh, I mean, CM Punk and mm-hmm. Colt Cabana, the SATs, Christopher Daniels. I mean, uh, so many names came through there uh, before they were really big stores. Uh, and, and so that's like a gold mine. Yeah. It yeah. a gold mine of, of and why IWC has not reached out to me to say, hey, man, we would like the, the footage beyond me. But I, I do want to correct their their results because they're they are off on a couple of things. Well, there you go. Well, I'll have to put you in in, in contact with the webmaster <laughs> over there. Uh, uh, so yeah, still, because I know Plumber's not going to call. Yeah. I'm still waiting from uh, from October 2017 for him to call me. <laughs> <laughs> was it that long ago, man? It seems it, like it, yesterday it we were down a wheeling uh, uh, doing that. So right. uh, yeah, yeah, those are fun shows down there at the uh, the casino. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's doing a hell of a job, though, man. He, he, he has carried that IWC torch, and, and you know, they're still making an attempt during this pandemic. Doing something, doing something. Well, hey, we still have a lot going on with Fight Underground and everything. Uh, tell people uh, the T-shirt. Tell, tell people the websites for the video and the, and the T-shirts and, and, and your promotion so people know where to go for that. Oh, so the, the, uh, the website is www.soscustomtees.com. And we've got more than just T-shirts on there. I mean, if you're if you're a wrestler and you're looking to try to get some merchandise uh, cost effective, mm-hmm. um, you know, hit us up. But uh, I've got uh, trading memorabilia cards on there, and I've got uh, autographed photos and and a lot of different gimmick stuff. That that uh, uh, so it's not just T-shirts. I mean, we we kind of wrapped everything into one there. Um, the, the network, www.soscustomnetwork.com. Uh, we're seeing a theme here at SOS. Sons of Steel, I, it, it's kind of catchy and no one forgets it. Everyone remembers SOS. So, uh, But uh, I, I do want to say, man, I, I love your work. I, I am a mere, uh, I mean, just the stuff that you do is amazing. And I will never get to that level. I don't care how hard I work at it. Uh, just the stuff that you're able to do. You do a great job over there. And anytime that I get a chance to plug you guys, I do. I do appreciate um, it. Hey, man, you you went and trained and did the wrestling. And uh, I took enough bumps to realize it wasn't going to work for me. And uh, <laughs> so uh, so so I went this other route. Uh, <laughs> unless, of course, we get you down here to South Carolina and then you'll learn that you don't really have the bomb. Oh, is that it? Oh, man. I'd be, yeah. I, you're saying that you're telling me that I could be a great Southern wrestler. Don't put this in my head. Don't put this I, in I'm, my head, man. I'm telling you, it, it's a it's night and day. It really is. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is what I'm trying to get through to these uh, these young kids that uh you know the scarlets and the zeke mercers mm-hmm. uh you know uh you don't have to you don't have to kill yourself you yep. really don't learn the basics learn how to tell a story 
learn ring positioning, learn footwork. That's the important stuff. Uh, all that other stuff will come as you as you progress. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't leave you with that one last question we usually ask our our, uh, our guests on this show. Uh, what's the best and worst thing about indie wrestling? Best thing about indie wrestling is... Uh, I would say uh, just being uh, to offer wrestling and offer a chance for... Uh, young men and women to to chase their dream. Uh, it, it opens a lot of doors. I mean, you can't make it to the WWE. You can't make it to AEW without mm-hmm. going through the indies. This mm-hmm. is where it all starts. Uh, it's like uh, here, college football is bigger than the pros. Um, you know, uh, so there there is a place for indie wrestling. The bad thing about indie wrestling is they've lost track of what the formula is that's worked over uh, over time don't try to change the formula you know uh stick with the formula it's worked but we love it it's in our blood or, or we would have quit years ago <laughs> you know and I, i'm gonna hold you to it i'm gonna bring you down to south carolina and you're gonna have a match it'll be great <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I did want to get down there and see uh, some of the action in person. Uh, what you guys are putting on for sure. So hopefully it'll be a road trip in the future when we're allowed to road trip again. Uh, yeah. So uh, when it would we feel good about that again? So um, no, absolutely. Because I, I want to see the, the the full on show, not the not this half step we have to do right now with professional wrestling. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm I'm eager to get uh, back inside a building, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. even if it's at half capacity, just to get back into a building I, I love the creativity of some of the shows that are happening but again i just want to get back to that a show the way a show should be so hopefully we can i just get think we need to get back to normal yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah. we'll get there but anyways boomer pain thank you so much for joining us uh social media where can people follow you oh twitter is where it's at boomer at boomer fn pain p-a-y-n-e uh i hate facebook <laughs> uh, i'm not a big fan instagram uh at boomer fn pain uh, those are the two big things for me. I, I, you got to have Facebook because everybody's got it, and it, it's a good outlet to to share stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, you want to know thoughts and what's actually going on? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Absolutely. and don't forget fu fu throwdown. There you go. Fight Underground, of course, part of IndieWrestling.us. You can see the entirety of the first uh, uh, area one, the first fights of Fight Underground. Uh, and you see Boomer as well on there on the social media. Of course, the entire thing uh, in one nice, easy to watch thing is on the Indie Wrestling Network and Indie Wrestling dot network. And uh, of course, all over the Fight Underground social media. And of course, you can check out Boomer part of the Thursday night honorable fight council meetings uh, where uh, he gets into it with some of the other guys. So thank you so much, Boomer. Thank you so much, everybody. Until next time, please stay safe out there and please support Indie Wrestling. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.